Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. I'm your co-host, Ralph Velasco, and this time I am here with Lori Novak from Chicago, who is one of the winners of our bi-monthly photo contest on the Traveling Image Makers Corner. Welcome to the show, Lori. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so Lori uh, and I have known each other for a few years now through several photo walks and through the Out of Chicago Photography Conference, and uh, we've uh, seen each other periodically uh, here in Chicago. We're both in Chicago right now. Lori, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your photography background and uh, how you came to be where you are with your photography right now? Well, I, I, I basically have had a camera for over 40 years. So I started out with a little Kodak Instamatic um, that I got when I was around 10. <clears throat> I just gave away my age, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I, I always loved it. I mean, I, we traveled a lot when I was growing up also. Um, we camped every weekend we went somewhere, and every year we went somewhere vacation different. So um, I believe that my mom always had a camera too, so I think it was just kind of a natural progression for me to always have a camera. Um, I did a little bit of shoot, like the first thing I bought with my very first paycheck was a, an SLR, a film SLR, so when I was 16. And the, the second thing I bought was plane tickets, <laughs> so that kind of defines me. Um, the traveling and taking photos has been part of my life for a long time. Um, and I did a little bit of stuff like in high school and college, shooting for the school newspapers and things like that. Um, entered some contests here and there, but um, I kind of got away from it for a long time. And in 2010 or 11, my husband bought me um, the Canon a AE1. Uh, not AE1, I'm sorry. I was going to say, that was an old one. I still have an AE1 that I shoot with. But, um, no, the T1i, when Canon came out with the, the DSLR, the T1i. And and that kind of opened it up for me again because I hadn't really picked up my camera that much for a long time. So, you know, when you first get a digital camera, you're like, oh, my God. And you take pictures of everything in your yard and, and your house. And, you're, you know, you go a little crazy. <laughs> um, but you can, you know, because you don't have to pay for it. So um, since then, I've I've tried doing some art shows and art fairs, and um, I've entered a few contests here and there, and um, taught taught a little bit. I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you shooting with now? Are you still with that? Um, I have a Canon 60. I still have the T1i too, yeah. but I but use it as a back. The 60 is my main 60. my main camera though. Okay. Great. Well, let's uh, talk about this uh, wonderful black and white image that you entered in this period's contest and that I chose as uh, the one that stood out for me. Um, why don't you walk us through uh, walk us through the image and uh, tell us about how it, how it came to be? Well, I was this is actually from 2014. I pulled an old one out. Um, I was there with uh, John Batdorf on a workshop. Tell us where. 
In Brussels. Brussels. Okay. Uh, we, we actually, yeah, we went to Brussels, we went to Ghent, and we went to um, somewhere else. Now I forgot, but um, and he's he's very much a street shooter. He likes to do that sort of stuff, and that's not really what I normally do. So it was fun to kind of tag along and and watch him shoot people. And I don't shoot a lot of people, so um, with this, we were walking somewhere and um what caught my eye really was the lines and the shadows of this of the bus stop but that guy there was like way too perfect you know he was just the character that he has just you know i couldn't not shoot it so let, let me talk people through the image itself because remember that this is a, an audio only right. podcast for those of you who aren't actually on the website looking at the image but uh, it's a, a wonderful black and white image of uh, an older gentleman with a cane sitting in what looks like a bus stop. And it's uh, a really interesting sort of glass uh, structure that uh, has some interesting lines uh, across sort of the, the roof part of it that creates these wonderful shadows on the ground. And sounds like that's what caught your eye. And as I look at it close, more closely, in the bottom left there is what looks like a square sewer cover that almost mirrors the shadows because uh, it's got some diagonal lines on it yeah. as well. And it's square, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I like how you chose to make it in black and white. And uh, we could see the, the name of the stop there. Looks like Royal Koenig. And uh, the, the map of the what looks like the bus system behind the gentleman. But uh, really stood out for me this the sort of the solitary moment of this man uh, look, waiting for the bus. And he's in the shadow, the diagonal shadows of the, the rooftop there. And uh, I like how you chose. What made you choose to create it in black and white or to, to present it in black and white? Well, I think that a lot of times in something like this, I think like the map was different colors. Um, a lot of times color distracts from what you're trying to convey. Um, and this, this just worked way better in black and white, um, you know, because you can focus on the shapes and the shadows. I mean, obviously, a lot of times with shadows, we tend to go black and white anyway because it just kind of lends itself to black and white when you're shooting with shadows. And that's kind of how I felt with this, the black of the bus stop, um, you know, like structure structure. Yeah. So, yeah. And I can imagine that the building and the sidewalk were probably along the same uh, color palettes. And that's when I start to think in black and white when right, the right. overall image sort of has a similar mono monochromatic look to it. And those are the usually the images that lend themselves to black and white, uh, but the the bus shelter structure itself uh, looks almost uh, almost old fashioned, but yet very modern. And uh, you've, you've got these very dark uh, this very dark sort of frame to it, and then it's very interesting. I'm, I'm calling it the roof of it that uh, has got these diagonal lines that I think is supposed to keep out some of the sun. It almost acts like a pergola, right? And uh, and this man sitting there, just kind of a. Do you uh, do you know if he saw you photographing him? I think he may have. I mean, I, I you know I don't like doing this sort of thing normally, <laughs> um, especially 
if I feel like I'm taking advantage of somebody's situation or whatever. But he, I mean, he was waiting for the bus. It was legitimate, you know, he's in a public place, so it's okay. Um, you know, and I don't, I think I may have probably only shot one shot, you know, I'm not going to stand there and take six shots to make sure I got the shot of him and then have him be aware of me. Um, you know, cause then he might change his, his stature and he might change his expression and then I'm not going to get what I saw. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's uncomfortable photographing people at first, and and you know I, I I've been doing it for many years, and it's uh, it's still not the easiest thing for me. I, I I think you become more comfortable with anything that you do over and over again, and photographing people is certainly one of those things. But I often feel uh, uncomfortable doing that, and you know, are, are we getting you know too personal with someone or for they're working are we bothering them or taking them right. away from their you know business if they're a vendor in a market kind of thing right uh ugo uh, uh i think this episode is going to come out after the out of chicago photography conference uh, that we talked about earlier but ugo and i are presenting a a full day workshop called storytelling in travel photography and he's going to be speaking about photographing people and uh, street portraitures. And so I'm going to be interested in, in sitting in on his presentation as part of that full-day workshop. And, uh, and then I'm going to try to talk him into uh, having us put that together as a, uh, a webinar. Uh, so, that, oh, right. that, so that more people can enjoy that information. Because so, uh, I think it's a, it's a really important topic. Yeah, and it's more and more popular now too. Street photography in general is uh, yeah. seems to be a more popular genre of photography. So yeah, absolutely. It seems like everyone's uh, doing street photography, and and I think it's a part of a big part of travel photography. I, I always right. say that uh, you know, travel photography. There's no one type of genre. Uh, it's it's a mix of many many different types of genre. If you're going to tell the story of the place. And uh, that's part of what I'll be talking about during our session. But uh, the street photography is a very important part of travel photography. Right. So anything else uh, you want to tell us about this or uh, any? I don't uh, think so. No? Okay. Do you, I don't uh, think so. All right. <laughs> Do you have any uh, any travel coming up? Anything you're doing that Just you want to? A little bit. I've got um, my husband has a seminar near outside of Asheville, so we're going for a long weekend. So I'm going to go play um, in Asheville mm. for a couple of days, uh, meet up with some photographers there that I know, mm. and then in September I'm debating. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to go out to um, the Eastern Sierras, the Alabama Hills. Mm. Because um, I had a trip planned last year there, and I had to cancel it. And then in October, we're going to Amsterdam, uh, down to Bayonne, and then over to Berlin for a couple weeks. Amsterdam, where else in oh. Berlin? Bayonne is the where um, the Battle of the Bulge. Oh, okay. Down on the Amsterdam border. Oh. Um, I'm not I'm not a history buff, so that's my husband's deal. Obviously, I'm but, not either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, and then we're going to go up. I'm not sure if we're going north across Germany or, or a little, like, kind of middle across Germany to Berlin um, and meet up with some, actually, the Drink and Click group in Berlin and meet up with a bunch of photographers there as well. So it's a vacation slash photography thing. 
Great. So is that something that you do? You uh, meet up w when you travel, you meet up with photographers in a location if to. you can? Yeah. Yeah. Try to. Yeah. I mean, not just from a photography standpoint, but anytime you're traveling, and I know you know this, when you're hanging out with locals and you're going to local places instead of all the places that the tourists go, you know, you get a better idea of what the place is like. Um, For sure. So it's nice, it's nice to be able to connect with people that you kind of already know as well um, in those places. Uh, so what are some of the uh, groups or photography groups that you do that with? You said, what, Drinking Click is one? Yeah, because I actually run the Drinking Click in Chicago. Oh. Uh, so that's a monthly, we do a monthly meetup, basically, and there's a theme. Drinking Clicks are all over the world, um, and uh, there's themes every month, so you can win prizes and compete with the people from Berlin or people in the Far East. There's a group. There's several groups in the U.S., um, which is a lot of fun, and it just t to me it's a social thing. But I still get out and shoot, you know, if I'm not normally getting out. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's a lot of fun. Nice. So you get some local knowledge. Uh, you get to do some more behind the scenes stuff, like you say. It's not the typical right. touristy stuff that uh, you probably find if you're kind of looking, searching. You know, what what is there to photograph in Amsterdam or wherever. They're going to take you to places that are more off the beaten path, I'm sure. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I belong to a couple groups, uh, uh, not necessarily photography, but uh, they're sort of uh, expat groups. And uh, one is called Internations, and uh, some of our listeners may have heard of it, but uh, there's a chapter in Chicago, and it's mostly expats that are in the location. So these are mostly people from outside the United States that live and work in Chicago for this particular right. chapter. And it's a, it's a really great way to network with, uh, with people. And I, I just went to one on Thursday night and uh, made some great connections, both just personally and potentially business-wise. So uh, I think people should look around for those kinds of groups. There's Travel Massive. Um, gosh, there's so many of them, and right. uh, they have chapters all over the world. And when you're traveling, it's a great way to meet up with like-minded people in a place and, and not feel like you're alone, which I often do as much as I travel uh, and travel by myself. So, cool. Well, great. Well, thanks, Lori, very much for being on the show. I appreciate uh, your entering the image. Uh, I can't wait to see what you got for next period's uh, entries. <laughs> Hopefully you'll get in there. and I'll find something newer. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, you know, photography is timeless, right? True, true. Yeah. So, thanks uh, so much. Any, do you have a website or anything that you'd like? I, it's uh, just laurienovak.com. Okay, laurienovak.com, and we'll make sure and we I'm, put a link to that in the show notes. Anything and else? And all, all the usual social media social places. Media. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, uh, thank you, everyone. If you'd like to find out more about me, simply uh, search for Ralph Velasco or Photo Enrichment Adventures, my company, and I'm available on all the social media networks, at Ralph Velasco and at Photo Enrichment. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you next time. In the meantime, let's get out and shoot. We have now... Uh another winner of our uh, contest that we do every two months over at the Traveling Image Makers Corner group over on Facebook that by the way you can find by going to ttim.photo 
slash Facebook, where every two months we, we do this contest where we invite the members of the group to submit one of their best travel photos. And then we pick a couple of winners and we invite them on the show. One has been picked by Ralph and the other one by me. And my choice for this month was a wonderful photo by a fellow Italian, Federico Chieli. So hi, Federico. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I hope my connection will stay up. I'm in the middle of the Italian country right now, even though I live in the United States usually. Uh, and my DSL collapsed 11 minutes ago. So I'm <laughs> using a, a cellular connection. Hopefully uh, the sound is going to be clear enough. It's perfect. So I'm sure it's not going to be a problem. So are you? I was reading your bio and as you, as you just said, you are a resident of the United States, but you're uh, originally from Italy. So can you yes. maybe tell us a bit about your, your life and your photographic life in particular? So the, the, the life is kind of strange. Until four years ago, I was stranded in offices because I was basically the IT director uh, for a, a few companies. I had like an IT career, even though I went to the States because I won a scholarship uh, to compose music. So go figure. <laughs> <laughs> But then I wanted to be in the States so badly that I kind of changed uh, change, uh, profession. Um, Uh, but four years ago, uh, I hit kind of a lucky strike because I, I wrote for a photography agency, a very famous fashion photography agency, uh, the piece of software that they use uh, to kind of manage their logistics. It's a big agency that represents many photographers, and I wrote the software that they use to figure out all the scheduling, who should be where with whom, who's going to cook a meal, uh, which airline they're going to use. And because of that, Uh, my relation with this photo agency became very tight and I started talking to the owner, uh, explaining that I kind of wanted to become an independent contractor and not to have to spend that much time in the office. Also because I was taking care of uh, a Paris agents, uh, agency, a London agency and a Shanghai agency remotely from New York. And so I told him, you know, I could take care of New York remotely as well. So basically we had a, a, a long trial period and And then this ended with me becoming an independent contractor. So basically they are my client now, which means for, for three years I could kind of travel the world as long as I took care of them uh, remotely, which, you know, I just needed an internet connection. It was kind of like the, the, the amazing life of the location independent person that I worked at uh, for so long. Uh, even though I'm kind of older, I'm 52, I'm not like a, a young kid, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and... and The photography was always only a hobby, but uh, the past year became something a little bit more. I, I sold a couple of images, then I, I contacted uh, Frederick Van Johnson because I was trying to organize something in Mexico. I, I kind of lived in Mexico in winter, every winter to escape the New York craziness. Um, and over there, I was traveling every year, photographing like really unique places. So I wanted to kind of organize either a workshop or something like that. And we ended up actually shooting a, a video tutorial, uh, so a tutorial on how to shoot video for amateurs. Uh, and then through that, I became, I started working with him a little bit. I have like an Aurora HDR course on his TWIP school. So it's kind of like something that I don't want it to become really a job because I love it so much. I'm afraid if it becomes a job, um, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. Uh, but, 
you know, it's becoming definitely something more serious. Uh, I've been photographing for, I would say, I don't know, 10 years, even though I had like a, a short period as a kid with film photography. And then I kind of stopped because it was too expensive to manage. And then when digital came back, I, I jumped on it uh, immediately. I'm also a geek, so I really enjoy the, the computer, the software, the post-processing, all that part. Very interesting. And uh, I, I see you have a, a website. I think it's called toptravelspot.com. Uh, is that your, the, the main outlet for your photography or your travel stories? Not really. It's something that I started, kind of like Ralph when I listened to him. <laughs> I started, I stopped. Uh, I want that to become kind of the hub for everything. Uh, but there's, you know, a, a, f a few new pages there and many, many old ones. Uh, I think I want to start doing some stuff on YouTube, like some free tutorials, I have a YouTube channel, and I haven't figured out yet. Uh, probably everything will, will go back to toptravelspot.com, but right now it's not really up to date. I would say my outlet right now is really Instagram. Everything goes through Instagram. Um, okay, what was your Instagram handle? It's F, like my first name, C-H-I-E-L-I, -E which okay, is my last name. Good. We'll, we'll put a link to it in, uh, in the show notes anyway, but for yeah. those who are just uh, listening to the audio. On uh, top of everything else, uh, I had like a, a, a small uh, hiccup on the, you know, when you plan your life, everything is going well. I got diagnosed with a strange uh, neuromuscular disease uh, six months ago, and I've been struggling a lot. It's something that makes all my muscle shakes, my head tremors and i'm working on fixing it but it's a it's a long recovery so i'm kind of struggling so i'm not photographing as much for now i'm trying just to get better not to lose uh, my my current job and uh, I, i'm still traveling but very very slowly right now i'm in baldorch in toscany and i'm dying because i cannot drive so i have to rely on kind of friends to drive me to places a little bit to take pictures but then they get bored uh, it's a little challenging, but you know, it, it's been getting better. I, I was much sicker uh, four months ago, and now it's kind of like getting a little bit better. Yeah, good. Great to hear that. Hope you <laughs> you will get better soon, uh, and especially in a place like Valdorcia, which I know very oh, well. My God. I mean, <laughs> being there I and didn't. not being able to to take uh, as many I know, I know. <laughs> Or they take me to the right spot, but at the wrong time of the day. I yeah. say, can we come back at 7.30? I say, no, no, no. 7.30 is dinner time. I say, no, please. Or, I mean, uh, this season, I mean, it gets uh, uh, light really early in the morning. So you say, okay, we need to go shoot the sunrise at 6 a.m. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. find a bus. <laughs> not right now, but I'm not complaining. It's such a beautiful place. And so. yeah, 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 I see. What other places do you like traveling to? What are your favorite destinations? So, um, I spend a lot of time in Mexico. I really love Mexico. My, my wife is Mexican. And so we spent, I would say, for the past 10 to 11 years, at least three months a year in, in the Yucatan Peninsula. Her family is from there. Uh, so I spend every winter in Tulum. Um, and then from there, basically, every weekend I was driving all over the place. We drove from Tulum all the way to Chiapas. We spent time in, there's a jungle lodge with like a howling monkeys, all the Mayan ruins, off the beaten path, uh, lagoons with like uh, flamingos, like beautiful nature. So that's one of my favorite spots. In Mexico also, um, I used to spend a lot of time in Oaxaca, which is more like a cultural center, beautiful colonial city, amazing food. Um, and then uh, I love the American Southwest. Um, before getting sick, we were about to move to Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's something that we just postponed, I think, for a few months. But I really cannot wait 
it sounds like a blasphemy, but I cannot wait to leave New York. I've been living in New York for many, many years, and I'm not much of a street photographer. Instead, I really enjoy nature and solitude. So I'm looking forward to move to New Mexico. I want to start kind of organizing a center there. I have a lot of artist friends, musicians, photographers uh, to kind of do residency, something where I can actually host people and then maybe organize, you know, photo tours or small concerts. My wife has a very successful um, retreat uh, business. She does like kind of wellness retreat and spiritual retreats. Uh, so we want to build something there where, where it's easier in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I think we will move there. So that's to say that also the American Southwest is one of my favorite places. Uh, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, all those states are beautiful. Yeah, but on the other hand, I was looking at the, the photo that you submitted from for our contest, and it doesn't look like it's been taken in the South at all. Absolutely <laughs> not. That's another gem, but I know it, it, it's not very popular nowadays to say I love Iceland because everybody goes there, but I kind of lost my head in Iceland. Uh, I, we went the first time four years ago just for five days, and I kind of just saw a glimpse of the potential. So when I turned 50, I had some money saved. And I decided, I told my girlfriend, okay, we're going to go to Iceland for one month. And so I rented a cheap car and we drove all around the Iceland, basically. And so the picture that you see there was, was taken in, uh, in Vesterhorn, Stocksness, which is a, a promontory kind of near the, the Glacier Lagoon. I would say, if I remember correctly, maybe half hour from there. It's an incredible spot. Uh, and that, that image is the product of a lot of waiting. I'm lucky that my girlfriend loves photography as much as I do, so she doesn't get bored waiting for anything. But basically, we showed up there, and the weather was awful. We could not see anything. It was a, a mixture of, like, fog. It was raining a lot. And so we decided, okay, let's wait half hour. And then the half hour became an hour. Then we started walking around with umbrellas, but we couldn't really see anything. And then after three hours, all of a sudden, poof, it just opened up, and, and that's the result of it, basically. So I told her to run against the promontory <laughs> and just just be there for me a little bit. Um, and it, it was like a beautiful weather situation, basically, because I really love how the clouds are, like, hugging everything, but le letting you see enough of everything else, basically. Yeah, I'll, uh, I like this photo and because of, I've seen many photos of Vesterhorn, uh, and typically you, you see the mountain, you see the mountain very yes. clearly, right? Uh, yours is yeah. different. One, because it has those uh, clouds, uh, as you said, hugging the mountain, hugging the top. Uh, you can still make out what it is if you know it, but it's uh, it's different with those, uh, the cloud covers at the top. And, and it's technic a, technically it was like a bizarre thing because it was a, a period in which I was kind of bracketing too much, not trusting my beautiful Sony sensor. <laughs> and so I, I just downloaded uh, the first version of Aurora HDR. I was like, oh. so I bracketed, even though the dynamic range was perfectly fine, but basically I had uh, three brackets of that shot. Mm -hmm. And the one that you see there is actually processing Aurora HDR. I was really practicing because I had to, to do the, uh, design the course, basically. So I was trying to see what I could do. And one of the things in the first version of Aurora HDR for me was like, there was always too much blue. The blue channel was crazy. So that's basically very light processing. It, it's actually three brackets, but the the curve of the blue channel is really pulled down uh, because in the first uh, version of Aurora, according to my eyes, there was almost too much blue all the time. It was kind of like oversaturated. Um, but the processing is, is very mild because I'm not uh, into crazy stuff. 
I, I was guilty in the past, you know, when you try new software to go over the top. <laughs> well, if you, if you hadn't told me that it was HDR, I would have never imagined it. I mean, it looks And it very... didn't need to. It didn't need to be. It's yeah. one of those cases where, like, it really didn't need to be, but, but that's how I process it. And then I like the result, and I haven't touched it ever since. But, but it looks very natural. I mean, it doesn't doesn't look over-processed at all. I mean, it's, That's a it's testament clear. to Aurora HDR. <laughs> <laughs> or to your skills. <laughs> or to my skills. And I also like the, the presence of the, the human element there. I mean, it uh, yeah. gives some scale an, to another, the landscape. I have another version that has only uh, a few uh, blades of grass in the foreground, mm -hmm. uh, but I prefer the one with the person. Yeah, the, the ones the with, yeah, I've seen a lot of the with the blades of grass in the black sand and so on, which are... Uh, all of them very nice and so on but this one it, it's really different so I really like because it's different as well so. thank you thank you so good uh, so hoping that your uh, your health gets better soon do you have any thank you very much uh, uh, plans to, to travel somewhere else or you have somewhere on the, the top of your bucket list so that you would like to travel right now to? I'm in Italy I'm going back to New York in August uh, I might have to fly to Toronto where, where my neurologist the person that helped me a lot to get better without using surgery or crazy medicine leaves. Uh, and after that, basically, I'll be waiting to get better in New York. And as soon as I do, we'll pack the New York apartment and move to New Mexico. And mm -hmm. then from there, it's going to be a lot of like uh, West United States. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to go back. My girlfriend is going back. We were in Morocco last uh, oh, yeah. end of October because she had a retreat that went very well. And I was kind of like, doing the logistic, but then I had the whole day to myself just to go in the streets and shoot. And I love Marrakesh, I had so much fun. Uh -huh. And she's trying to organize another one. Uh, if I'll be well by then, uh, Morocco is definitely on the, on, the, on the list for us. And then it's gonna be kind of day by day. Uh, we, we don't know yet exactly. She has a, a lot of plans, but I might not be part of them if I'm not there. Okay. Um, you said you, you shoot in Sony? So is that your, Sony, uh, your kit Sony, is Sony-based? Uh, yeah, that one was an uh, A7 II, which I had until 15 days ago. And then I upgraded to A7 III. Uh, and then I have, like, uh, the other one that I use, I use always an APS-C uh, one, which is the 6500 right now, uh, just because I, I love the extra reach that I get with the full-frame lenses on that. Um but before I shot Nikon, I shot Lumix for a while, you know, I changed a lot. And now for the past, I would say three to four years, it's been only Sony. I'm kind of, I, I don't care much about the equipment, um, I, but I enjoy the, the, the Sony, uh, Sony stuff a lot. I would say like the, the, the ergonomics, not that much, but I really like the, what comes out of the sensor. I think it's, 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 it's close to what I used to get on my Nikon uh, without the bulk. And so I really enjoy that. I have a small drone that I'm starting to use from time to time, uh, but I'm always very nervous when I fly the drone. <laughs> so I'm not by no, I don't care about the flying part. I really like having a camera up in the sky. That's the thing that I really enjoy. Yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. So that's why I don't fly much because I only fly when I think I have something worthwhile to shoot. I exactly. Fly, I don't in, in fly Mexico. for the sake of flying. No, in Mexico I fly a lot because mm. no one cares. <coughs> I'm always alone in the middle of the jungle or there are beautiful like lagoons. It's stuff that really is itself to be photographed or filmed uh, with a drone. But otherwise I really enjoy cameras a lot. And I'm becoming kind of like a vintage lens freak. 
I have like a lot of like old, uh, mm-hmm. whether, you know, the old Russian lenses, vintage Japanese lenses that I buy on eBay for like $40 and some of them are really amazing. Um, so I'm becoming more like a, a manual, manual lens kind of guy. Was this uh, photo, the, the winning photo here, was it shot on a tripod? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm bad like that. Uh, I always bring the tripod and then I leave it in the car. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to seriously start, you know, paying more attention to composition. And I think the tripod is going to be great for that. But uh, my girlfriend kind of shoots a lot and runs right and right and left. And so it's kind of most of my stuff is unheld most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's a long exposure, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, that one was definitely not on a tripod. It was okay. like a six, yeah. Good to know. I mean, uh, since some people think that you should always use a tripod when you're doing HDR, but personally no, no, I no. found that it's with today's yeah, software, it's not... Uh, it's if not there's possible. enough light, it's fine, and you yeah. can correct a little bit. So do you, do you see photography taking up more and more of a bigger role in your life? Most definitely. Also mm-hmm. because the, of the relation that I have with this photo agency. It's actually a fashion photography agency, but they have a huge licensing department. Uh, and I'm kind of friendly with the, with the licensing guy. Also some of my travel photo. And he already took them all and said, oh, let me, because sometimes they make deals with hotels or, or, you know, travel companies, things like that. So I really hope that that part of the, the deal is going to go somewhere. Uh, and I really enjoy the, the social aspect. I've been to a couple of workshops and I see when we organize the one for my girlfriend, uh, even though it's a wellness retreat, but then I really enjoy, you know, driving, driving the people around, showing places that I know very well. It's something that I, I really can see doing in the future. Um, and Santa Fe, New Mexico is going to be kind of the hub for, for that mm-hmm. for us. Um, I'm lucky enough. I bought many, many years ago a small apartment in New York. And then, you know, I always sold it and bought another one. So right now, when we move from New York, I'm going to sell my apartment. And with the money that you make in New York, you can get something very nice in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, with maybe some land around and some beautiful red rocks. And so we really want to make something that it's conducive to creation, whether it's music or photography or, or whatever else. Uh, many of the clients of my girlfriend are people in the, in the movie industry. And so, so that's the, the plan. But definitely photography is going to take a, a bigger part in my life. Awesome. Looks like the, the dream life. <laughs> I really, if I get better with my health, yes. And, and you're more than welcome to come and, and visit us if you want. If you ever decide to come to the southwest well, of the United States. I've been to the southwest a few times, but never to New Mexico. So maybe that's... Yeah, uh, be it's a, special a because when you look it up on, on like 500... Uh, 500 px or all those sides that you never see much about new mexico but mm-hmm. once you actually travel there you realize that my god yeah. it, it doesn't look like it's been photographed well but there are some sites that are incredible good to know good to know so uh i think we have uh, covered much pretty much everything i wanted to to ask you i don't know if is if there is anything that you would like to to add no actually no it, it sounded perfect okay so thank you for your time and thanks for uh, taking part in our contest and again of course for, thank you very much uh, we have a new contest that is already will already be underway by the time this episode is published uh, but so there's still time to submit a photo for everyone who is listening here uh, you just need to go to ttim.photo slash facebook join the group if you're not already a member it's free submit a photo 
we will not sell it, we will not profit from it, <laughs> you will not try to relicense it, we'll just use it to to showcase your work, so there's nothing to, to lose in taking part in it, it's, uh, it's a very friendly environment, so I encourage everyone to do it and compete for a chance to be on the show and talk about your, your life, your photography and, and everything else. So, uh, thank you very much, Federico. Again, hope your you. time here in Italy is uh, is great. That you get some some great shots. I look forward to to seeing them in the in the Facebook group as well. And uh, as for the rest, uh, all the best and take care. To you too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.